When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Hey, how's it going, everybody? You are hearing my voice because Ty has a super secret day job that probably has him, I don't know, spying on rogue governments or wiretapping crown princes. I can't say, but just know that those things aren't not accurate. So when I have the controls, when I have the steering wheel, when the rudders listen to me, I just bring on the largest Oregon duck I could possibly find. And he also happens to be really fun and smart and insightful and does all sorts of things regarding football, both college and pro. Jeff Schwartz, my friend, how are you? I am glad to be here. So Ty has a secret job that, that that no one even knows what it is. That's fantastic. He has a secret day job. He's had it for a long time. He is very sensitive about it. People have asked us and him for years what it is. And out of respect for the job, just listen to that closely. He refuses to tell people what it is. Someday, if he ever moves on, I know he's very happy at his job, he might divulge it. But for somebody like you who has seven jobs, for somebody like me who does three or four <laughs> different things, it's funny that he is in that position. Um, but you know what? Jeff Schwartz is secretly one of the most entertaining, fun, smart people. He, he actually has a podcast called Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You with our friends Gabe and Matt, correct? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, it's still happening. I think I don't know, the sports <laughs> world is it's all over the place, but yeah. it's there. It's there. We had an episode Tuesday. I, I don't know what the future holds, but, um, it, it's available on iTunes. 
It's a fantastic lesson. And we're going to get into why Jeff is fascinating and incredible. I just have texts with friends who also know Jeff, and we just, we all bask in the wonder that is Jeff Schwartz. But we're here. Interesting. First off, yeah, the the Matt Ford conversation. Matt Ford is deeply in love with you. Um, We're talking about the NFL draft first and foremost, and then we're going to talk just about life in quarantine as a dad, as a husband. So, you know, just really get to know each other in that way. Let's the draft was now a week ago. I think yes. it played out in a a somewhat expected way. I'm not a huge NFL fan. You span the two worlds. So what I want to ask you first and foremost, was there anything about this year's draft or this year's draft coupled with previous drafts that reflects something I, I guess specific about where college football is, either as a whole or with certain systems or schools, whatever you want? Um yeah, so I think that we're seeing now uh, how important speed is, especially in the NFL, but but on college football, we have a ton of wide receivers. I mean, next year's class for wide receivers might be better. And this was like an historic year for wide receivers, right? Like there's speed, yeah. in my opinion, speed at cornerback, trying to protect, you know, I mean, trying to defend those guys, and then also speed at you know, at the at the wide receiver position is is the, is the name of the game it's how fast can you be mm-hmm. and then i think the dom you know the, the the continued domination of the draft from the sec i mean you know we're, we're pac 12 guys we're just behind we're yeah. behind in in the big bodies in the offensive defensive lines i mean they're lapping us the sec is in those in, the, in you know in those positions and then lastly now this this might not be something to look forward you know to look at moving forward but this was a supremely deep deep year like we had a year where um, you know, the pick, you know, pick 50 was Jalen Johnson. I mean, he he's an immediate, immediate starter for the Bears. Like he's an immediate upgrade mm-hmm. at that position. It just was a deep, deep draft. I'm not sure that's a, a college football thing for next year, but I definitely think the wide receivers, like the speed, guys are just playing wide receiver now. They're they're not playing cornerback, they're not playing running back, especially playing wide receiver and then the SEC just continues to dominate. That's why they win the title all the time, is because they're just they're just more talented. And we're getting to the point of college football. We're not getting there. We're there. When you really count, can't like out coach someone to a championship. Like you have to have dudes to win. Like there's no way about it now. Like, right. Like you can't like have a great season where you kind of luck into it. You better have years and years, three, four, five years of top ten recruiting classes to even be competitive on the national level. So you mentioned the SEC, and and really, I think it goes for a lot of the the teams atop the sport, which happens to be a lot of SEC teams. If you look at that first round, even the first couple rounds, the picks overwhelmingly come from the known powers of college football, and probably, yeah, understandably so. Whereas, if you look at successful NFL players, sure, there are certainly SEC alums at the top of the sport, but it's you get a pretty wide swath. Yeah. Travis Kelsey went to Cincinnati. Kareem Hunt went to Toledo. I guess maybe draft smaller school Ohio players. But <laughs> no, you see, you know, DeForest Buckner just got the second highest defensive contract of all time, right? And he goes to Oregon, a power, but not in the SEC. Do you think it's a... A, a trust thing that scouts and GMs have with the SEC? Do you think it's a visibility thing? Do you think it's a distrust of perceived competition level? Is it something else? Or what makes it so much easier, even though eventually talent is is pretty spread out? So that's a good question. I, I think that because the SEC is just so much 
I think just more advanced in general, like the, the way they play, the, the the players they have. I think defensively, they're much more advanced than, than other conferences. Um, when you watch someone succeed in the SEC, you think to yourself, okay, look, he's succeeding in, in a conference that, that has great talent around him, sure, and therefore there should be good pros. And I think that that is something that is definitely, you know, we look at it and say, yeah, like that's why I think a lot of these players end up getting drafted so high. And again, it's it's not a slight against them. I mean, they should be drafted that high because they performed, you know, at the SEC. But you look at, um, I'm trying to find the tweet now, but you look at like Alabama, for example, mm-hmm. and they are so good and just in general, like they're just an incredible an incredible place that it's churn out pros and pros and pros that I think at some positions like quarterback, it ends up being quote unquote, like easy. Right. And I think we get mm-hmm. to the NFL. It's just, it's not as easy. Um, I think from like the 2018 Bama team, like there's like 11 first round draft picks on offense. It's just like, it's just like outrageous. Like it shouldn't be like that easy in college. And so I think that's why you get to, um, you know, an issue in the NFL of like, it's just not as easy. It's not as easy as it was at Alabama. Not as easy as it was at LSU. Joe Burrow is going to be thrown to less talented wide receivers in Cincinnati <laughs> than he did. At Other LSU. than AJ Green, AJ Green's still there, right? Is that a thing? Yeah, AJ Green, I think, is still there. And T. Okay. Higgins is going to be good, but right. You know, but basically, I mean, in theory, I mean, okay. For example, two was one thousand percent thrown to to worst talent and worst talent offensive line. Then he has Alabama. So do you think, and, and I'm actually curious about this because you bring up Alabama and Nick Saban, if, and I'm sure you watched the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, HBO yep. thing. And in that, Nick Saban talks about scouts reaching out, GMs reaching out, or really not reaching out. And he, he had a sort of a, a comment that said, you know, nobody called me about this guy. I would have told you not to take him in the first round. How many coaches are allegedly that honest? Because... The more first-round picks a school produces, the better for recruiting, the better for that coach's reputation. Is there is there an honesty level there? Yeah, I think I think there actually has to be because um, if you tell a pro coach or scout that an X player is much better than he is, or you know his his attitude issues aren't a problem, or he's a great leader when he's not, and right. he gets to the NFL and he's not those things, then your butt's kind of on the line there. Like you, you know. How much can someone trust your opinion if you can't give it to them straight? And so while I agree that you have to balance, you know, wanting your guy to go in the first round, but you also just kind of can't make things up to NFL personnel because then you kind of look foolish and then they, they're just not going to ask trust you. Less, yeah. I'm not saying and I don't think Nick Saban's done this, but I do think coaches are fairly honest when it comes to behind the scenes private conversations with other coaches. And if you walk in the Alabama facility, and I don't think I'm making this up. I think this is a thing. They will splash out in front for recruits how many dollars Alabama players have made being drafted high, signing those second contracts. So it's not like he's shying away from that element, but also they are going to be honest because at a certain point, everybody can call BS once you see it on the field. Exactly. And um, that's why it was actually surprising that no one that people had not called Nick Saban for a lot of the right. draft picks. I feel like that was always something that people did. Um, and yeah, it's just it's I, I do think there's something to like, you know, the Alabama players just seem beat up when they get to NFL. It's just that they it's rough in the SEC. It's rough in um at Alabama. It it is uh they put, put some tough football there. Will that work against, I mean, we, we see it with running backs. We're like, oh my God, he 
has 800 carries in his career. And we've seen running backs that do get drafted somewhat high. I think Josh Jacobs, you know, doesn't have a lot of carries at Alabama, but he showed his talent. Do we see that in other positions where snap counts are saying, God, this guy played a lot of center, a four-year starter is a lot of tread on his tires. (laughs) Is that working against other positions the way it does maybe against running backs? No. (laughs) Should it? Um, uh, No, I think like for an offensive line, you know, experience is important. And if you played that long and you haven't gone hurt, that's obviously a plus. But I think the running back position is is so injury prone that it does play – a role now, I mean, example from this year is Tua. I mean, Tua, the injuries that Tua had, it's a lot, guys. I know the Dolphins drafted him, and they did a great job. I think smokescreening a lot of people. I talked to someone with the Dolphins, and I, I still think they liked Herbert, but I, obviously they went with Tua. Yeah. Um, but, guys, it's a lot of injuries. It's a lot of injuries for a high draft pick to already have that position, which is typically a position you don't get injured very often. I mean, Joe Burrow, but that, I mean, maybe you know, a small injury here and there. Herbert just had a collarbone one year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no other – no other, you know, Jordan Love wasn't hurt. You know, Easton obviously transferred a bunch around, wasn't hurt. Fromm wasn't hurt. And Tua had a dislocated hip, two ankles, a finger, a wrist, whatever other injuries he had. It's a lot, guys. And I know it scared off teams. The Solid Verbal is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a question What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Would you take a nap? You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had a little more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you in the first place. Therapy can help you figure that out and help you make it a priority so you can do more of it. Therapy can benefit everyone. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, or just trying to find the best version of yourself. It's not just for folks who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com solid today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot solid. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. I want to talk about Justin Herbert for a second because he means a lot to both you and me. Yes. Um, I like to think of myself as somebody who likes to, and hopefully correctly use the phrase, at a certain point. Whereas we hear about quarterbacks with three different coordinators, four different coordinators, or a new system every year, or, you know, there, there are excuses. There are built-in excuses that sometimes resonate and sometimes seem a little bit hollow. You know, we know these quarterbacks. We, you know, Christian Hackenberg, Josh Rosen, they have all these coordinators. And the same is true for Justin Herbert. And there was criticism from me, from you, from this is all public, uh, published from NFL scouts, both with their names and without their names, that the system at Oregon held him back. Do you think what, what I guess what is legitimate and not yeah. a, a player's fault and what is sort of BS? Because we see when guys actually get to league that sometimes 
those concerns were warranted. Yeah, I, you know, I think with Herbert, the coordinator issue is not as pronounced as other as other times in, okay. in, in a quarterback's career because his issue was never not knowing what to do, right? It was mm-hmm. just that he didn't pull the trigger. But people look at his his sophomore season and they say, "Wow, he, he like if you look at like Pro Football Focus, they they say sophomore season was his highest graded season, right? Right. And but yeah, he played with Willie Taggart, who is known to have a high tempo, high flying explosive offense. Like that's right. what he's always now. Florida State aside, obviously, but when he came to Oregon, South Florida for like two years in a row had the most explosive offense in the country, right. the most explosive plays in the past game. So, you know, when you take that into context, and you look at the offense he plays in, played in, I guess now in Oregon, almost the exact opposite, right? It was run the football first, or take two or three shots a game, throw a ton of screen passes. And the offense did not fit what Justin is really good at. Now the anticipation issues are real. He he. There's times when he sees a guy open, he just does not throw the ball. Now whether right. or not, and, and I, whether or not that's because he just is afraid of making a mistake, which I think is is very obvious at times, or guys just take a while to get open. There are plenty of times Justin is just staying in the pocket, tall, waiting for someone to get open because the wide receivers have not been drafted. They're not good. The last right. two years, he's not had a guy drafted. Can you say about Burrow had? Had five guys drafted, and, and the Blitnikoff Award-winning yeah. receiver last yeah. year. Yeah, like two was two is going to have every wide receiver, he, every wide receiver, tight end, running back he played with, every left tackle, every right tackle is going to be drafted into the NFL. Herbert did not have that luxury at the skill position players. Offensive line, obviously, uh, very good. Um, so all of it plays a role in how we evaluate Herbert. The question becomes, obviously, are the issues he has with anticipation are they allowed? Are they allowed? Are they able to be fixed? In the NFL, and that's obviously something the Chargers have to figure out. The other stuff that I heard about. By the way, him, can it be? Do you see quarterbacks I, get anticipation I, issues I, fixed once they get there? I, generally speaking, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, um, but I. But I think with his situation specifically, he's had. Um, it, 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 I just want to like the Senior Bowl was fine, and I know it's a small sample size, but the right. Senior Bowl was a time when he finally played with anyone who was any good and played a lot better. I, I think he can, he can do it. Um, he he's going to be an outlier probably if he's able to do that. Uh, and I'm I'm higher on Herbert than the most are. Um, a couple of things that I just did not understand the criticisms about Herbert. One is the leadership stuff. I I'm you know you talk to the same people I do. Yeah, I, that was never a problem at Oregon. I, right. I, I just I tried to find someone to tell me it was it wasn't. The other one I don't understand is the it factor. So. What's interesting about how we evaluate quarterbacks is, you know, quarterback A runs for a touchdown. Oh my God, greatest thing ever. What a winner, right? <laughs> quarterback B, not allowed to run for 10 weeks of the season, finally allowed to run, has three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl, uh, doesn't have the it factor. What? What? <laughs> what? What do you mean? What do you, it? What do you mean? He, 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 he won the Rose Bowl for the team. Yeah. I, went, I went and watched the Rose Bowl the other day. Um, uh, I, said, I want to watch Panay Sewell for a little bit, the left tackle Oregon. Obviously. And uh, Wisconsin, I would say, played better than Oregon at times. Like, it, it, Oregon should not have won that game. It was just, we won because Justin Herbert played really well as a runner, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, that type of stuff, it's like, what, why, what? That's not true. We're looking like at the same thing. How do you not have the it factor? So, I think some of it legitimate. I think some of it was just people making stuff up to knock him down. Outside of quarterback. Where does football intelligence and instincts matter most position-wise? 
Well, I mean, offensive line is a huge one, obviously. I mean, you have to be able to play fast and and, and play with knowledge of what's happening um, around you. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also think on, you know, on defense, you know, safety is a very instinctual position. You have to be able to to kind of understand what's happening in the pass game, you know, what your pass rush is going to be, how much time you have, uh, you know, where, where, you know, what route concepts that, that you're seeing in front of you. The last position I want to say that I think doesn't get enough credit and in college football, it's never going to get credit because it's not really as valuable as the NFL, but tight end hmm. is, is an extreme, it's extremely, um, uh, what's the right word to use? Like cerebral. Uh, cere- yeah. Cerebral position. Because think about this. If you're the tight end, you have to know the entire passing game tree, right? Because you are a route runner. Right. You also have to know all the formations because you're either going to be in the right or left. You're going to motion across. You're going to shift across. And then you have to know all the run game as well because you're part of the run game. So you have to know all these three parts of the offense. A wide receiver just has to know where they line up and what and what route they run, right? Offense alignment, I have to know the run game, and sometimes I have to know formations. A running back doesn't have to do the route the route tree that a tight end does. So tight end is a position, those who play really well, they got to do a lot of different things. And and I think that that position is not as important in college, but really underrated as far as the, the intelligence that is needed to play that position at a high level. So what I'm hearing is even though Gronk and Travis Kelsey come across as goofballs, secretly intellectual on the field. Gronk is not, yeah, Gronk is, 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 uh, I think very bright. I think he his party nature and his free spirit uh, really deter from actually. I think actually how how bright he really is. Two things can be true at once. Always remember he can enjoy partying and knowing an offense and executing it well. <laughs> um, is there is there a position that is well? I guess what is the most unprepared position? No matter how good you are in college, no matter how well you know the playbook, no matter how good your instincts are, what is just the steepest position to climb? with the challenges of the NFL? Well, I mean, a quarterback's the easy one, I think. Right? Yeah, I guess outside of quarterback as well. Um, you know, Which is the, the, the speed, the the yeah, I, intellect, I mean, yeah. I, I would probably say offensive line. I mean, I think, uh-huh. you know, and I'll use Panay Sewell's example. I'm watching him, uh, he's you know, 20, 21, he's probably the top tackle yeah. with Allen Trophy winner. I watched him play Wisconsin every day. He had three... Two for sure. So three. He had three times that he had just an actual like third and eight drop back pass set where he had a straight rush. Right. He was one on one. It was Zach Bond, the kid who got drafted by the Saints. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Whoever Saints, I think. Yeah. He got beat on the first one. Beat's kind of the wrong word. Second one, he was fine. Number 41 was other one he like that was it three reps three reps now he had other pass protection he had play action pass he had some where, where guys moved and shifted on him and whatnot but three actual reps of a one-on-one pass rush he'll have 25 to 35 of those in an nfl game wow yeah and that is the big difference in my opinion when you see college offensive linemen go in the nfl you just have to you just you pass protect more and a lot of these offenses in college aren't built quite like you see in the NFL. And that's a tough transition to make. I think with Orgers new offense, they're going to end up having more, more of those drop back pass attempts. But right. he didn't get the opportunity to really work on what he's going to do in the NFL. And that's why the transition at times from the NFL from college to the NFL is so hard at that at the offensive line position. And hi, it's not a guy from ASU or Cal, it's Khalil Mack. Uh yes. And that's one thing that that is you know, people ask me that the biggest difference between college to NFL and that's the exact answer I give them. I'm like, you know, when I was in college, you know, I played I played USC, uh, you know, USC's defensive end, which was, you know, Lawrence Jackson. Um, and then 
that was it. That was it. That was it. I mean, there was one guy UCLA, Bruce Davis or something. Yeah, that's a name. Drafted at some point. Um, Oh, one of my my favorite name of all time, Ropati Pituatu Mm -hmm. uh, at Washington State, but he's a defensive tackle. I didn't really face him very much in college as far as, um, you know, pass rush wise. Uh, And then, you know, like Nick Reed at at Oregon. I mean, like, but, 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 not NFL. Yeah, not an NFL player. That's it. So, um, in NFL, you obviously face NFLers every week, and that's just a, a huge difference. I mean, you know, Panay Sewell in his time in Oregon, maybe I mean the best pass rusher he's probably gonna play is on his own team. Otherwise, he's not gonna get a lot of guys in the conference, especially, um, that are even remotely close to pros. How many years did you play? Eight. You played eight seasons. Your brother is in what number season? About or he just finished. He just finished eight. He just finished eight. Okay. So your brother's taken in the second round. Mitchell Schwartz, all pro, right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. You're taken in the seventh round. Yes. I assume if coaches had a crystal ball and they said, this guy will be an eight-year player, he will be an eight-year NFL offensive lineman, you would probably be taken higher than the seventh round. Correct. And Mitch, if everybody knew he were all pro caliber, would have been taken higher than the second round. What do you think, and let's get extremely personal, what do you think it's overlooked about you, about Mitch, about any offensive lineman who outplays his draft uh, draft rank? Oh, it's athletic traits. Okay. Um, people are obsessed with those. I have an example for this year. I, I'll stick, I know I'm sticking to Oregon a bunch because I watch okay. him all the time. But Calvin Throckmorton, the Oregon right tackle, mm-hmm. every time I watch him play, guess what he does? He blocks the guy in front of him. <laughs> like That's his job. Is to block, And he does it extremely well. He didn't allow a sack in his college career. Right. He got beaten a couple times, but like he, but you know he runs a four, a four, a five four, and you know does have the greatest shuttle. And we look at athletic traits and we value them way too much instead of just does the guy block someone. And it's that simple. And I think that's the way you know even sticking out west, Bradley and I, the pass rusher out of Utah, you know fifth round draft pick. He he was all, Utah's all time sack leader. Like he's he should have been a third round draft pick. Is a high, low second round draft pick? Are you kidding me? But you know doesn't run as fast. It's like it's ridiculous. We we obsess over athletic traits. And that's why I think um, I was drafted lower than I probably should have been. I don't think I was at all anything higher than a maybe fourth round draft pick. My brother was actually drafted higher than I think we thought he would. I thought we kind of middle to end the second round, not start of the second round. Right. Um, and, you know, he was a little more athletic than me. Actually, his combine numbers are a little worse if you kind of grade them all together. Um <laughs> I have one thing over my brother. He has the Super Bowl and the four All Pros. Um, so, uh, but I think that's what it is. It's just athletic traits. So what I'm hearing is you are blaming Mister and Mrs. Schwartz. You are blaming uh, your parents for costing you and possibly Mitch countless millions yeah, of dollars. But if, but if you go look at Mitch's uh, contract situation, I'm not sure that <laughs> there's that much to, to be upset about. That's true. He did earn a very nice second contract from Kansas City. Um, okay, I'm going to stick with grading here because I, that's about all I care about with the draft. Just because I don't have an NFL team. I don't watch a lot of the NFL. Sundays are for a lot of college football stuff for me after week whatever. How would you grade yourself as a both a husband and father? Pros, cons, <laughs> strengths, weaknesses during this extended quarantine. Give me a scouting report as you for you as a household presence. Okay, so um, this is going to sound <laughs> a little bit. Um, I don't even care. I, okay. I don't make no. I don't make any bones about having money. So yeah, yeah. I I when this started when this when the covid-19 coronavirus kind of became a thing in early february mm-hmm. 
I kind of felt the direction we were going. And I know my strengths and weaknesses as a husband and as a, as a dad. I'm hearing anticipation it, right off the bat. Is, is that I am not teaching my kids anything. Like I'm wow. teaching life lessons, but I'm not like I'm not like teaching them school. Like that's not my thing. I'm not good at it. Don't have the patience for it. Ain't gonna happen. So How old are your kids though? We're not talking about high schoolers. No, they're five and three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and I also like work during the day. My wife is a nurse, not at the hospital, but she works during the day. So I told our friend, who's a who's an elementary school teacher, I said, "Look, when schools close, we're hiring you." So wow. my contribution to this quarantine time is that I hired Sandy to teach my kids during the day. Okay. So things, you know, now it's like I said, very worth, very worth it. To okay. Do this oh, I think that's me. great. I mean, that um, means you are valuing your children's yeah. educations. You're, yeah. so, you're not spending oh, your money on something frivolous. And Alex is doing a great job, by the way. Alex has been, has been, he's been learning a lot. My, my little three-year-old, it's like not much for her to do. She just like prances around the house all day and just, okay. and watches the people doing the pool in the backyard. <laughs> um, I would give myself high grade for this too. Um, her friend has been living with us basically since March 8th. This is the teacher's friend. No, no, no. This is no. Sandy goes back and forth between her house every day. Okay. My wife's best friend visited from California, March 8th. She has not left. Whoa. And I have been totally cool with it. Like in the past, you know, she stays like longer than two weeks. I'm like, I kind of want like some me and you time, babe. Like it's about time to like your friend to leave. But it's actually been very helpful because it just gives her someone else to hang out with. That's not me. <laughs> I'm hearing patience. I'm hearing poise. So I would say that I have been very, um, I've, I've been great in, <laughs> in the quarantine. Also, I let her like indulge herself with fun activities. For so example, this weekend, we're doing a prom in our house. Okay, so great. We're dressing up, and I have a tux. I'm wearing my tux. My wife is wearing an eleven-year-old dress that I don't think fits her quite well. Okay, and we're gonna play corny music, and we have balloons that she blew up already, and we're gonna have a prom in our living room, probably at nine p.m. Eastern on Saturday night. We're gonna have a Zoom link if people want to join us. <laughs> Just indulging her and in like it's stupid. Like we got a we had a fiesta one weekend. We mm-hmm. we, we bought a a uh, pinata off Amazon and like made tacos and hit a pinata. Like just indulging her in her little need to have fun moments. What I'm hearing is nonstop motor from from this creativity. What well, I'm for hearing her, for her, yeah. not for me. I'm just like I just say yes, babe. Oh, Great. she she is nonstop. Like she. Um, and she likes to clean, which is great for me. So like, she'll just get in this like cleaning thing where like she'll just clean for wow. like three hours straight. I'm hearing great teammate. I'm hearing great locker oh, room she, presence. You're a culture yeah. guy. Uh, all of that, yeah, great culture. I'm I'm always been a great a great culture guy. That's been my that's how I got that's how I made it in the NFL. Great culture guy. What needs improvement? What needs if you could grade yourself yeah. down for anything? If you said okay to be yeah. the best Jeff that I could be in this household. I need to improve X, Y, and Z for sure. It's the same. It's the same two things that have haunted me that are in this uh, that are in this marriage. Um, Mister clean, smells cleaning the kitchen and folding of laundry. Oh, okay. Been a been a big deal. Can uh, I tell you? Issue. Do you own AirPods? Yes. Okay. I'm not. They don't pay us, so this is just completely unsolicited uh, advertising from me. 
chores are made so much better listening to podcasts on airpods because you have you know it's it's tough when a wire gets in the way yeah. if you're loading a dishwasher or something like that find a podcast you really like maybe it's the solid verbal i don't know maybe it's sports wars find a podcast you love and only let yourself listen to it while you do the dishes while you clean the kitchen while you fold laundry that's all my wife does she has books on tape yeah she listens to him, and I caught her. I caught her smiling the other day during during a book on tape. She's just like was sitting there. I'm like, "What happened?" And she said, "The husband just got shot." And I was like, "Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, oh no, no! Why are you smiling at this? How are you sleeping?" Oh my god! Jeez. Whew. So um, we're getting by, man. We're we're fortunate. Okay. Um, we've had a couple a couple like um, weekend bonfires. We we invite our neighbors over. We just sit six feet apart in the driveway right. with a just have like a little bonfire action mm-hmm. um yeah we've we've made it we've made it work as best as possible uh look i i feel like we're getting sports back soon enough i think i feel like i feel pretty confident in college football maybe everywhere but california um, right and nfl's happening so we'll have something to talk about in a couple months hopefully what has been the best thing you've cooked especially as it relates to good leftover meals if such a thing exists in your household yeah i don't get leftovers very often um i uh i did a rack of lamb in the sous vide that was pretty good okay um i did soft shell crabs one day i How fried did, them in, in like a sandwich just with no, a just sauce like, I, I fried them and then had a little sauce with them mm-hmm. um i did beef short ribs as well the thing with cooking is the hard part when I've with, with the two kids is that I'm basically cooking for myself because I'm not giving my kids like beef short rib. And so then I have to make my kids dinner because you don't think they should be eating it for health reasons or because you want more for you. I'm just, I just, no, like I don't care what they eat, but like oh, okay. my kids, eat, my kids eat like, like they're five and they're eating bone and ribeyes. I just feel like that's not <laughs> like, like just like go like go eat chicken nuggets. You know what I mean? Like just this, that's not right. Um, I like the idea gotta, of your kids ordering uni. And just having like a very sophisticated sushi palate at five and three. We've, we've, we, we take up a sushi a bunch when we were allowed to go out to dinner and they, we try to get them to eat sushi. They just, they wouldn't do it. Okay. Um, that's at least good. It's pricey. Uh, is, is uni the egg? Uni, I think, is the sea urchin, like the oh, yellowy. Yeah, the oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sea urchin. Salty, oh, but delicious. It's good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> food there was a day me and you went to eat in new york city we had two lunches back to back yeah i tell people yeah. this that, that and I, I tell them it's not unusual we like, went to ramen and then we were like we're still hungry when we got walked out like two bucks got two tacos it was great i recommend bang bangs to everybody it was it was it was really good um uh yeah and by the way our friend matt ford mm-hmm. he loves me because i share the greatest um story of all time where bill barnwell friend of everyone program, yeah of course uh back when i didn't have access to stats mm-hmm. i just text bill and bill would just provide me with said stat <laughs> and matt loved that bill was able to help me out with stats so he's like you're a pro athlete and you just texted bill for stats i said yeah i don't have any other i don't have anywhere to get stats so Bill would like was very helpful to run, and Matt thinks it's the best thing of all time. Bill's the best. There's, I mean, just to know you is there are just circumstances. Like we went to a Christmas party a couple years ago now, and you showed up having shopped at a department store with like 14 pairs of shoes for your children. 
I don't know anybody else that does that. You were sweaty and carrying oh, yeah, a garbage yeah, bag full of discount that. shoes for your kids. I forgot about that. I went to Nordstrom Rack. It was like a mile yeah. and a half from the hotel. I forgot about that. <laughs> There's you went. I, I was listening to your podcast and I love all the, the Jeff details are great. I was listening to your podcast that you do with Matt. He's a former uh, producer at what? Good Morning Football and the Katie Nolan show. He's great. Um, and, and Gabe Goodwin. And you told a story about how you like EDM. You just don't like dancing and standing. <laughs> and you would like to go to an EDM festival if you could just sit somewhere on the side of the stage and enjoy the music. No drugs, no yes, dancing, yes. just yeah, like, that yes. big, nasty bass. Like, yes, like um the other day we were sitting there i video posted my twitter at jeff schwartz and my kids dancing to like borges like i don't know it was just on the, their house until we listened to the house and i like listening to the music i just don't want to i don't want to dance I, don't, I mean i'll dance a little bit but like <laughs> 40 45 minutes my back has had enough i just want to be able to sit and just enjoy the music and let, let my wife and her friends dance and just have fun you're out on one of the three letters that make up the term edm you're out on d uh yes and uh, <laughs> yeah and look yeah i don't drink and i don't do drugs obviously so i just would be sober like 3 a.m the las vegas motor speedway listening to tiesto with his new his new music for the for the year um and just raving out i guess in my chair by myself the other story i tell people is when you were still an active nfl player you were on i think a high protein diet and yes. you went and got what's called street meat in new york with my brother when we were all at SB Nation and my brother wolfs down food. He's disgusting. He goes and he, he eats a Chipotle burrito in like a six bites or something. And you guys went out and got street meat. Alex, my brother, came back almost ghost faced and said, Jeff ordered double meat and he finished it before we even got back <laughs> to the <laughs> office. He had never seen that sort of display of athleticism. And it sticks with me to this day. You're just an athlete uh, that people don't realize. Uh, I, wish could, I wish I could eat like that still. Oh, yikes. Oh, that would be that'd be rough on the old belly. Um, oh, man. Yeah, she got street meat. I've been to New York forever. Street meat is, is my jam. I can't. If I had some Hillel brothers now, I'd just be in the in the in the potty. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's rough. Find, do you find yourself now that you have a kid of your own mm -hmm. using kid terms for like adult things? Like I just call it a potty now, 24 seven. Do you? No, call, well, yeah, we'll my kid doesn't call. really speak yet. He's not potty trained. So that specifically I don't do. I do find myself, there are times where like I will say to my wife, like, oh, did you get him a baba for his bottle? And you're like, oh, maybe we should speak English as adults. Maybe we should save this one saving grace of, you know, when we not when we're not in front of our kid to just speak English. There are times where I do that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just, and now my kid, now my son can, is kind of reading now, so he can kind of, he can listen to us spell out words, and he kind mm -hmm. of knows what they are now, and he's like, Daddy, I know what you said. I'm like, Alex, just, I don't, I don't need to know that. Time to learn Spanish. Or Mandarin. My wife Time. and I have actually, my wife and I actually thought about doing like a, like a Rosetta Stone type thing, mm -hmm. and doing exactly that. Like, just taking like a month and learning another language just we talk in front of our, our kids and you know what they'll probably pick it up they're sponges so in, in, they, they in reality you're teaching them at the same time they are they are they are sponges all right that's Crazy. all the time 
we have mostly because I'm hungry. I need to eat. And I'm sure you're hungry, too. So, everybody, thank you for listening. Listen to Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Listen to it. Were you on Fox Sports Radio? Yeah, I do some Fox Sports but I mostly do the Pac-12 show on Sirius XM. Yes. Uh, 6 to 9 Eastern. Now, we're you know, we, we're kind of podcast forming it right now, but still out at 6 o'clock every night, uh, Monday through Friday. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter. And by all means, just enjoy the Jeff Schwartz experience as everybody else does. Jeff? Thank you very much for your time and uh, continued luck in the household. Thank you. Appreciate it. Same to you guys. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.